0: Welcome to the Remarkables, Grant Thornton's podcast that seeks to uncover stories about remarkable people doing incredible things for their community, bettering the world for future generations and inspiring others to do the same. I'm Rebecca Archer, and today I'm joined by Beck Brideson, a business professional who wears many hats, from business strategy consultant to published author. She has been recognised as a pioneer in gender equity initiatives and is driven to educate people on the power of gender diversity when it comes to growth and innovation in business. Welcome, Beck, and thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It's great to be here. Can you tell us a bit about your career journey up to this point?
1: I won't give you the year by year work that I went through, but I started off by studying a bachelor's in communications. And I also like to add that I've, I've got a few other significant degrees. One is a, a master's in course language or profanity, and I'm currently doing a PhD in hindsight which I think is incredibly important for all of us to be able to look back and and say, where have we been and where are we going and how do we take that information forward? So I have had a, a nearly three decade career in communications and advertising. I've worked in multinational agencies in both Melbourne and Sydney and New Zealand. And then I returned to Melbourne after about six years, a whole different person with a lot of life experience. And I started working at an independent agency. And you know, it was four people when I started there, and it was about 40 when I left. And I was working very closely with the owner of that agency. And that was where I guess I learned how to take an idea and a business and make it grow. And I was extremely grateful for that experience because it allowed me to, you know, really be at that coalface and understand what growth looked like and how to get new business and pitch for clients and be bold and take a risk. And that, you know, eventually led to me starting my own agency in 2004.
0: Now, I'm wondering why it is that seeing business through a gender lens is something that you're particularly passionate about.
1: Using that PhD in hindsight, I remember uh, being at a school which had been traditionally a boys' school for uh, 100 years and they decided in order to grow their market, they would make it co-educational. What I noticed was, you know, the the 100 girls that started we fit into what was already a culture that had been created, which was understandably a masculine culture. And we were right at that sort of seminal moment where the culture was undergoing a shift, but it was entrenched through this sort of school that had been created for boys. And in hindsight, I think that was where I really felt like, oh, we're quite the outsiders here. We, we're not naturally fitting into the culture and all around us the honor boards and the tradition and the names of the houses and the the way that they'd conduct assemblies even you know there were there was a lot of reference to boys sport and you know male interests or male sports and i started to see the world like oh you know this seems to be a prevailing culture even when you when you look at like the statues around our cities are very often celebrating male heroes or you know important figures in history the art that i studied was you know it was the creation of man it was you know all of the great artists philosophers there was very few women on the horizon but i just marinated in that culture because that's what was there but when i started to look at some of the data coming through in the early, I guess, the early 2000s about men and women and how we behave differently and respond differently, which I knew we responded differently to advertising and to what was driving us to purchase and who was doing the purchasing, I started to see it's not a bad thing to look at gender and to understand more readily you know that mars venus what drives a male what drives a female and they are different and that's okay and that's you know to be celebrated so when i looked at that through a business lens i started to see really big opportunities to be very granular with the way we were looking at behavior at data at purchases and how we could turn that into an advantage so that that's the reason it started back for me in that moment in my education and what I've done with it is I guess the journey that is over 40 years.
0: Did you also have experiences that were similar to your educational experience within the workforce or anything along your path that inspired you to do this work?
1: Yeah, definitely. I remember when I became a creative director, there were not many female creative directors. In fact, there were not many females in the service line of the creative department that I was working in I was always the token woman and there was 26% of females working in creative departments at the time and there were only 3% globally of female creative directors in advertising and I've, I found that astonishing because women did most of the purchasing but that started th- those figures started to come but yet we've got males who are creating entertainment or advertising around these products and that's where I really started to see a disparity and I used to wonder why oh the you know people don't like that idea or that idea but they're men they're not even the consumers making a decision or they're not even the whether it was client side or agency side men didn't seem to get that story and then when you look at genres of movies you know a rom-com guys don't necessarily love rom-coms um, and ge- generalizing here but you know ticket sales will show women like the rom-com men like the action uh, you know action adventure and I thought that's the same thing so we're selling to women but we're seeing that through a very male perspective and over you know I guess over decades the idea of the male lens and the female lens started to come up for me.
0: And what drives you to keep doing this work? Is it sort of, uh, I guess, that spark from when you started with your education and you found yourself, you know, feeling like othered (laughs) in that situation, but also potentially even the idea that, you know, it still is more difficult for women to become really successful and break through that glass ceiling than it is if you're a man.
1: That's right. And it's something that we see everywhere in any industries. You know, I say from Silicon Valley to Hollywood and, and medicine to law, and even in our parliament here in Australia, we've seen a difference between the way men and women are able to rise to a certain you know level of professionalism, not through ability, but through an ingrained culture or the way that's always been. So I'm not judging that that's the status quo, but I am really interested in trying to change that because it's just that's the way it was. You know, once you could smoke on an aeroplane, now you can't smoke in an airport. It's like progress happens and business has been somewhat slower to accept that progress. And that it reminds me of a quote from Melinda Gates who said, we're sending our daughters into workplaces built by their fathers and we haven't adapted completely to be able to say does this work for both genders or for all genders so I'm really committed to seeing that change as much for my own daughters who are going to enter the workforce as anything else.
0: And Beck, you mentioned progress there. I wonder, I'm just a bit curious about your thoughts on the Workplace Gender Equality Amendment Bill 2023. Do you see that as a positive step forward for females in business?
1: Yes, without doubt, because I think we value what we measure. And that is providing absolute transparency, which I think is the key to being able to create resolution where there's a problem is you have to understand the size of it and what it looks like in order to really examine it and say, is this fair? How can we change it? So any reporting anywhere, any analysis of data, because the discussion of gender can often feel like a very political discussion or a, you know, them versus us, or it it creates a separation when what we're trying to do is create a better world view and a better way of bringing more women into the workforce and into the leadership positions so that we can have that diversity around the table. So it, I know it's worked in the UK. They've seen that mandatory reporting does lead to change. And the more we have this opportunity to measure and prove that it's currently not working in the favour of
0: everyone the better off we will be. Do you think government and of course the private sector itself could actually be doing more to encourage more diversity in terms of gender in the workplace?
1: Uh absolutely but you know uh, some people might think I'm being a bit extreme in that view but we do it's almost like we need an overcorrection because results show that companies that have diverse boards and equality within their leadership teams, you know, and diversity, whether that's culturally or from a gendered perspective, is the more successful they are. So again, you know, if we say let's look at data because that's how we can truly measure things, then there's a proof point right there. So it, in some ways, it, I'm incredulous that there aren't more companies embracing this and saying yes, let's change this right now and let's do a hard course correction. But Unfortunately, another statistical fact is that change takes time. So, you know, we can't just have that utopia tomorrow.
0: And how can women actually advocate for themselves and and really push for recognition in a creative career?
1: Uh, It's a while since I've been in the agency landscape and I know that the numbers have improved from when uh, I was working within those environments. But I think in any business place, This idea that, I mean, I think women have learned and are advocating for themselves. It's maybe more how can our male allies create that space for that to happen? And I think that's the flip and that's the work that I'm doing now. I feel for the last couple of decades, there's been a lot of discussion. I don't think anyone questions now that there's been a disparity or a leaning towards a male or patriarchal culture. So... We can't, women, we're all on the same page and and sometimes it can feel like women are singing to their own choir. You know, we all know this. And I think where the shift is going to become fundamental from here is that male allies, men, people who are looking at that data, people who are seeing the results that come from a more uh, gender equal or diverse perspective, they're going to see the change. They're going to see the results. So I feel that our work, the work to do now is for males and the people that are running companies to actually understand this, embrace it and implement it.
0: Beck, I wanted to talk to you about this idea of the ascension of humanity and that, you know, there's a, a role to use our creative influence to help with the ascension of humanity. Can you sort of go into a bit of detail about what you mean by that? I know that it was something that you referenced in your graduate address speech at Monash University.
1: Yes, I think that we're coming into an age, it's a it's a natural part of our evolution, that leadership and the the perspective about what a strong leader looks like is changing. And I referenced that moment when Jacinda Adern was wearing a hijab and hugging one of the survivors of the that shooting in Christchurch. And that became an iconic symbol of what modern leadership should look like. It wasn't a, a I mentioned before, we don't want to create separation. We what we want is to find commonality. And Leaders, I think increasingly the good leaders that we see on, it, whether it's in politics or, um, you know, heading up corporations or schools or uh, whatever institution or or business, the leaders that are compassionate, that are humanist, that are seeing ways to drive change, you know, whether that be from an ESG perspective and concern for our environment and for the sustainability goals for their business places that ascension that change is going to happen when we have an open mind when we are creative with the way we think about it it's not just we do it this way because we always have you know that's how innovation happens that's how we've become a tech driven age and whether we use tech for good or tech for evil is a different discussion but even the, the U.S. 24 candidates that I've seen coming through are talking about peace instead of war. So I, I believe it's a transformation that is happening as we evolve as a species, and that's a great thing. You know, and more women in power in Scandinavian countries, they're, they're, they've got the healthiest economies, the best education systems, the best health systems. And it really speaks for itself that a different kind of leadership is what is going to create, you know, meaningful change that this planet, you know, seriously needs.
0: I wonder what advice you might have for your younger self when it comes to career and you think about the journey that you've been on and the point you're at now. What would you say if you could go back and address the younger you? Yeah, that's a good question and, you know, that PhD
1: in hindsight, I'd say because of the environment in which I was dealing, I was a um, challenger and I did question, I, I did start to ask why so and that would have been around age 23, 24 that I started to question why so I was a couple of years into my career so I don't think I'd change anything then because I was asking those questions, I was agitating not that I knew I was agitating on, you know, to annoy anyone, but I was agitating to drive change because I just couldn't understand why were things like that. And uh, that's when research started to become my best friend because if I'd ask a question and, and and I got an answer, well, that's the way we do it, I could then go back and say, well, let's look at data because data is going to show us how we can change this. So to answer the question about my younger self, maybe pre-24, I felt that in order to compete within my industry I had to endure a lot of really you know unsatisfactory behavior so in hindsight I wish I'd I'd had a more confidence in my voice to stand up for myself but also that was a survival mechanism because women were so rare in the industry that we we knew if you pushed back or made a big deal of something that was unjust, that you wouldn't have a job because it was such a competitive industry. So there'd be another man or another woman waiting, waiting for your job. So I wish that I had been more assertive, but I also knew that, you know, assertiveness may have also led me out of my job.
0: How do you pass the wisdom that you've earned over all of these years onto women now? What what sort of avenues are there for you or is it quite easy or are there challenges in being able to get that message out?
1: Yeah, there are challenges and I I think of it as, you know, if you think about a ladder, there are some people who are at the bottom of that rung, they're not ready to think about gender in this way or they're not ready to be challenged on the way that they see the world and then there are others that are starting to sort of wake up and have that moment perhaps as I did when I was younger or, or or let's say they're further above and they've already come into the workforce and they're thinking I don't like the way things are and then it's actually you know you move from that awareness to the advocacy and then to the action so depending on where both you know younger men and younger women are in their careers, depending on where the cultural beat of that workplace is is where you can do the work. But you know it's that thing of they have to be ready, they have to recognise that it's time for change, and we can't simply accept what's being done because we won't get those results that we know you know can become a a really big part of a, a business's transformation.
0: Are there things that women can do to sort of just change the narrative in their own mind in terms of being able to have success? Depending on the situation, that can, you know, there there are several things, probably
1: having a strong sense of self and identity and what your personal values are. That matters. And I think that sort of developing then at an individual level, a really good awareness of of your own motivators and and where you want to go and what your strengths are and and I think equally you know what are your weaknesses and how do you want to work on them or do they not matter so much so let's focus on the strengths just two days ago I saw someone in the middle of the day wearing a balaclava breaking into my car and my instinct without even thinking about it was I ran outside and I said hey what are you doing in this masked person ran from my car and down the street now my instinct was to chase and then I remember well what was I going to do if I'd caught them anyway but one of my mantras is run towards the fire and so that's what I think uh is if you're inclined because not everybody is a run toward the fire kind of person but that's if you want to see change then you've got to Experience that bit of heat. You know, you've got to have that willingness and that response to to go into those uncomfortable places. But it doesn't, like I say, it doesn't work for for everybody. And some people perhaps have different strengths that come from a, a more silent, steadfast place. So,
0: now, just finally, are there any exciting projects coming up for you that you can tell us about?
1: Yes. So uh, recently, I launched a new consultancy which is focused really on introducing the idea of a gender lens in business and that's from a commercial perspective because what i know in all these years of working on different brands and products and within different businesses is if we're doing what we always did then you know we get what we always got and there's there's a art to opening up that lens in business or evaluating how a business culture is operating, whether that be too male or too female, and where are the opportunities. So that starts with, you know, really looking at data and understanding how gender is affecting the business currently and what opportunities are being missed. So the launch of this consultancy is really exciting. It's a, a tighter focus and it's to help business create a more strategic commercial operation so that it can, you know, really benefit from the growth that comes with understanding how that data can impact bottom line.
0: And what about any keynote appearances, speeches, things like that? How can people sort of find you if they're keen to get out and see you in person? Yeah.
1: So um, I have a couple of speakers bureaus, Saxton's and another called Finders Speakers. And often I'm just approached directly on my own website, betbrideson.com. And lately, I think there's uh, since COVID, there's been um, you know this resurgence back to conference land. But I also uh, see that there's a bit of fatigue happening with with conferences and the speaking that I've been doing more recently, which I have loved is to a more intimate and uh, smaller audiences where it's a bit more fluid in Q and A. So I've been working with chief executive women of late with their leadership program. And, and, you know, I find that really uh, rewarding work. And I, you know, most of the women have got onto LinkedIn and found me and, and just said, you know, we want to follow what you're doing because, the I guess I've you know it's I feel like there is a moment where people wake up and go right that if we look at it like that we're not having a, a feminist debate we're not having a battle of, of gender we're actually just learning how to see
0: things differently you truly are making just an incredible difference if listeners are keen to keep following your journey and uh, go beyond the podcast and you know find out a little bit more about what you're doing and how to follow your path what's the best place to do that
1: so linkedin definitely is where where you can find me and that's at beck brideson and then as i mentioned the website beckbrideson.com and then my new business is called bridesonbennett.co so If you Google me, I'll come
0: up. If you liked this podcast and would like to hear more remarkable stories, you can find, like and subscribe to the Remarkables podcast by Grant Thornton Australia on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a review or some ideas on who you'd like to hear from next. I'm Rebecca Archer. Thank you for listening.